Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 5, with Steve Vollmer Jr. Episode 5 of the Makers of Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, broadcasting out of Lexington, Kentucky. Again, big thanks to everybody that's been rating the show on iTunes. Uh, I know I keep pushing this, but the more ratings that I get, the more people we can get to discover the show. So please share it um, with anybody that you might think is interested and then give us a rating on iTunes. You can get there straight from makersofsport.com forward slash iTunes. Also, check out the website uh, if you haven't done so yet. I've been starting to post some news articles um, about uh, just design and creativity, ads, things that are, that are interesting as it regards to creative in the sports world. Uh, again, that's makersofsport.com. There's an area for comments on articles, so uh, you can actually leave direct feedback on the, both the podcasts and um, and the articles, and you can actually go there and listen directly to the podcast from the podcast page, as opposed to going to SoundCloud or uh, subscribing in iTunes if you want to. Uh, today on the show, uh, we have a, um, a a digital friend of mine. We've ne- we've never met uh, in person, but but we've chatted for a couple years on Twitter. And uh, so we have uh, Steve Vollmer Jr. Steve is a, an experienced graphic designer working at the NFL in New York City. He was born and raised in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, he's a big cheesehead at heart. Uh, he bleeds Wisconsin Badgers red. Uh, he grew up in the, in the Big Ten uh, University City. He began his career working with regional businesses and sports publications in the Midwest, uh, and he toned his expertise of branding and design abilities at a marketing firm in Madison, which proved to be his launchpad for the move to New York. His first opportunity to work on sports-related projects was for the Lakeland College Athletic Department at his college alma mater. Uh, He's been at the NFL since 2011, where he's had the opportunity to work on the NFL Draft, Play 60, Digital Media Summit, the Super Bowl, and the Rookie Symposium. His passion for sports keeps him focused, and his ability to connect with people keeps him inspired. He has a BA in Business Administration and Marketing from Lakeland College, where he also played soccer. He graduated summa cum laude uh, later from the American Intercontinental University with a BFA in Visual Communications. Uh, he currently lives in Long Island, New York with his wife and two boys. Uh, welcome to the show, Steve. How you doing, man? Very good. Thank you so much for having me. Pretty excited to be here. Yeah, no problem, man. I, I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to come on. So I, I touched a little bit on your background through your bio, but can you, can you give us a little, little bit more in depth and, uh, and ultimately tell us how you, how you got to the NFL? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, when, when I'm, um, connecting with friends and so forth in the creative industry, I tend to feel like my story is a little different. Um, I ended up, I wanted to pursue art schools, you know, right out of high school. And I started to, you know, obviously I played soccer, basketball, baseball growing up and soccer just happened to be a sport, um, where I, where I excelled, you know, in, and I started getting phone calls, you know, to go to college and actually play soccer. Didn't realize it was actually going to be an option. So that kind of, you know, curtailed my journey to, you know, going to Lakeland College. It's, it's, a, it's a small Division three 
NCAA school um, where I ended up playing soccer. It's in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I always get uh, I always get laughs from my friends when they say you you went to a school in Sheboygan, <laughs> and they always uh, they always talk about the movie with uh, John Candy. You know, yeah, where he's, yeah. um, that's exactly Is where that I went Uncle to school. Buck? Yeah, 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 yeah. That <laughs> was on TV the other day. <laughs> yeah, so it is. It is a real town. It does exist. Um, and I actually went to college there, so it's pretty incredible. It's it was a couple hours away from my hometown. Um, like I said, I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin, where the Wisconsin Badgers, you know, run the entire city. Right. Um, it's very, very unique to to grow up in a town like that. You're familiar with that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to school there uh, for soccer, and you know, I was pursuing a business and, and marketing degree. And you know, the more I dove into marketing, the more I was attracted to the classes that talked about branding, talked about you know logo marks and, and creating a look and an image for your company. Um, and before I knew it, I was working for the internal marketing department at my college. Um, David Gallianetti, the uh, director of communications, gave me my first opportunity there, and. I think it was just because of my passion for sports that I ended up really doing a lot of work with the athletic department. Um, and this all really um, blossomed from a May term class that I took uh, in Quark Express. So it's pretty incredible that that's kind of where, where my um, knowledge and experience started, you know, in the, in the graphic design um, industry. So I worked there, we worked on, you know, you know, on, on campus posters, we worked on schedules and media guides and, and I guess everything that, that you've, you didn't know, you've talked about in past, um, shows, but on a really, really amateur level. Um, so it was, it was that experience that really made me realize that, wow, this can really be a job. This really can be a profession that I get paid for. Um, when I was doing it, it was just out of, out of really just quite honestly, a hobby that I just really enjoyed doing. Um, and then from there, I just kind of curtailed my way into, um, working for, I, I worked for, a, um, a small magazine community paper while I was, uh, just graduating from Lakeland college. And that was my first professional gig, um, worked for a couple community papers, um, eventually moved back to Madison where I worked for inside Wisconsin sports, which was a statewide publication that focused on sports, just in the state of Wisconsin. Um, the unique connection that I had there is that they had a big focus on division three athletics, um, in, in Wisconsin, uh, division three is pretty big with all of the, the university system. So, you know, me being connected, me being a, a former athlete in that um, you know, NCAA division three, they saw me as an attractive, uh, candidate. And I worked there for a couple of years. Um, once I honed my skill set there, I moved on as an art director at a different publication, um, locally in Madison, it was a, a, a business publication, a regional publication. Um, and my role there was to you know oversee the art direction of the entire magazine. I worked alongside a advertising art director who focused more on the advertising and I focused more on the editorial cover, um, layouts and, um, and creative. After that, I actually ended up, uh, marrying, I married my wife, um, whom I met in Madison. She was originally from long Island. And that was how I kind of made my move from Madison to long Island after we had our first son and moving to New York. Um, as, as a lot of, you know, is, is a completely different world, especially where I grew up, you know, coming from a, a city of a, you know, a couple hundred thousand people moving to an area where there's 8 million people on a, you know, a small Island <laughs> was uh, absolutely a culture shock for me. But 
I really, it was really my love for sports that just kind of kept me doing work that was related to sports. And when I went and met with a few creative agencies in, um, New York city, um, it's, you know, as a freelancer, you go to these different creative placement agencies, you show them your work. Um, they identify, you know, if you're a prospect where they, you would fit. And the very first agency that I went to was uh, Solomon page. I showed them, um, a lot of my sports work that I had done in the past, just because I felt that was my best work. Uh, and I, I believe it was because I was so passionate about it, which is, is why, you know, um, I focused in on that direction and they, and they were, um, a client of the NFL. And one day I got a call about three months after living, um, in New York. And they said, the NFL would like you to come in for a short term gig. And, uh, and would you be interested? And I said, absolutely. Are you, are you kidding me? That's, you know, every kid's dream, every kid's dream that, that grows up in, you know, in small town America, you know, as a, a green Bay Packers fan, you know, like I was born and bred. So, um, obviously I jumped at the opportunity and from there it really just turned into the short term, the two week project turned into more work and we kept getting busier. Um, I kept connecting with people and, you know, we, you know, worked well as a team and they liked what they saw in the work that I did. And I kept growing as a designer. Um, and today I've been there almost three years and, um, we've, and yeah, that's where I'm at. And it's a pretty incredible experience. It's something that I, I feel personally that I'm extremely lucky to be in, um, something I'd never take for granted. And I, I continue to try to push myself uh, every day as a designer, you know, at the office. So that's awesome, man. So you, you, you have, uh, you graduated with a, with a BA in business admin, right? Yes. So you, yes. you have two, you have two, two bachelor or two bachelor degrees. So how does, do. um, one thing with design that I, find, um, traditional design degrees. I mean, I also have a BFA, um, is that you don't really take a whole lot of business classes. And that's the thing that I find disheartening is that design is the commercial side of, of art basically. So it's like, you know, making money with, with creative talent. So how, how did that, um, how did that first degree, how do you think that that helped you in your career? It's been a, an incredible blessing in disguise. You know, some people would look at it like, oh, why did I waste my time, you know, getting that first degree when I really, when my passion was really here, right? Um, I definitely look back at it and having that business focus first, you know, degree really helped me learn, you know, when I do want to start a business, when I do freelance, you know, what do clients expect? what are my accounting responsibilities? What are my tax responsibilities? All of that stuff are, are things that I can, am, am more than capable of doing on my own. Um, and I don't have to reach out to accountants and things like that because I do have that background. Um, just on a, a professional level, I think it gives me a, a perspective, um, that the client would have, you know, I'm, I'm very focused on the target audience. I'm very focused on, this having, having to create real revenue, right? That's the idea of what we do. Right. It's to brand businesses. It's the brand companies. It's the brand events that really drive an experience and ultimately drive revenue for that company. So that background has absolutely given me, um, you know, that perspective of, of, of thinking like the client and not being too honed in on, you know, making, you know, this, the artwork so perfect that I'm not really acknowledging the, the clients, you know, and expectations on the business side of things. 
Yeah. So you're not just designing for design's sake. You're actually, you know, graphic design at the end of the day is there's a goal that needs to be achieved, a problem that needs to be solved. And, and that's why we, we do this. It's not so much, let's just make something really cool right. because we think it's cool. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so before we, before we jump right into the, the NFL, um, I noticed, uh, on your LinkedIn profile, you had some involvement with coaches versus cancer. Can you elaborate on that some? Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back, it's, it's funny, actually going back to the director of communications at, at my college, David Gallinetti. Um, he has been a mentor for me throughout my career and he was involved in the coaches versus cancer event that Bo Ryan, the, the head basketball coach of the Wisconsin Badgers wanted to establish, um, in Madison. Um, he is a, a few of our former coaches have gone through, um, and, and coached at UW Platteville where Bo Ryan is a, a legend. He won four national championships there. So within that small circle I've worked with and I'm, and I've, I'm very close with a few of these coaches and they knew my capabilities as a designer and they thought it was a no brainer to bring me in on this project. It was, uh, obviously voluntary. Um, it was, a it was right up our alley as far as uh, my wife was also involved. Um, as far as, you know, is in, in the marketing field. So she brought her marketing expertise. Um, I brought my graphic experience and we started the very first Bo Ryan coaches versus cancer event. Um, and to this date it's, it's, um, brought in over $1 million for, for the American cancer society. Um, it was an event where we, we do a dinner gala, um, and different, you know, community out, outreach programs with Bo Ryan and his staff and also a couple of the other, um, state schools, um, university of Wisconsin, Milwaukee coach, Rob Jeter, um, the university of Wisconsin Platteville coach and a couple of the other smaller schools within the state of Wisconsin. And, and they've continued to grow. Um, and that is definitely an amazing experience. We have different speakers every year. Um, we've had, um, coach Martelli, we've had, um, coach, uh, Alford, a few different guests that have been a, a big part of it. So it's a lot of fun. So is this the same thing where they wear like the sneakers? It is on the court. Exactly. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't realize it. So that whole thing was founded at Wisconsin. Not, not the whole thing, but, but what they do is, is they, so they have an overarching marketing campaign, the American cancer society. And then what they do is they, each coach within their region, within their state has the ability if they choose to raise money locally. Oh, I see. Um, so that's what we were doing with Orion. We were taking his visions and his ideas. Um, and we were raising as much money as we could for that cause. And we were, mar gotcha. we were marketing it and branding it, cross branding it with the national campaign as well. So yeah, yeah, it was very cool. It was man. a blast. Awesome. So let's, uh, let's, let's dive right in here. Um, obviously like we discussed, you are a designer at the NFL. So uh, is your title, are you just, is it uh, des graphic designer? And then you have like art yeah. directors and okay. Yep. How, Abs absolutely. How is the, how is that structure? Like how many people are in the creative department? What's, you know, what's sort of like the hierarchy? Sure. Sure. I'm i uh, I'm not, don't call me on the exact numbers. Um, but the, the overall hierarchy is, is, um, obviously the commissioner, Commissioner Goodell um, oversees all, all the departments um, and our CMO, uh, Mark Waller, 
oversees, you know, the marketing side of the business. Um, we have a VP of marketing that reports to Mark. We have our creative director, Shane and Melvin, extremely talented, uh, who oversees our department directly. And then with our, within our department, we have about five or six art directors who then have a team of two to three designers each. Okay. So the way it's broken down is, and, it, and we're, we're continually growing. Um, Shannon actually established the department. Um, I don't want to say he's continued to grow it. He's, he's established it. I, I think I want to say about 10 years. I'm not sure exactly, but, uh, the way we divide up projects is, is, you know, just based on franchises, based on, uh, internal departments and based on, um, different events. You know, his, his vision is he likes to mix things up a bit. He doesn't, you know, like us to be stagnant on one project, you know, year after year after year, he likes to keep it fresh. He likes the creative to stay at a high level. Um, and that's how, you know, he sees, sees the best fit. So, so in that case, like instead of only working on like say Super Bowl related projects, like you'll get a variety of different, different work. Yeah. I think the way he does it is the, the art directors are assigned certain projects at the beginning of the year. And then they'll, they'll oversee anything that comes through, you know, that vertical, you know, whether it's, um, you know, the green Bay Packers or whether it's the HR department or whatever it may be, they're assigned that, that client. And then whatever needs they have, they, they know which art directors and which uh, PMs to project managers to report to are requested from. So, so is the New York office, um, I know that you mentioned that there was like a web team out in California. Is the New York office just working on print and branding projects or, or what kind of, what kind of projects typically come through the door? Yeah, exactly. We have, we do everything from franchise rebrands to, um, event branding and, and environments like, you know, you mentioned it before the Super Bowl. everything is, is all the style guides are created within our department for Super Bowl, for the breast cancer awareness campaign for play 60 for the draft, um, for, um, internal events like the rookie symposium, it's the players orientation and their first introduction to the league. Um, the rebrands for franchises are something that we have, we always have the opportunity to do. And we've been doing most of those lately. Um, the franchise used to outsource that. Um, but because of the, the level of, of, uh, um, talent, I, I would say that Shannon has brought in and, and we've, we've really been able to accomplish and, and the marks that we've been able to do internally, a lot of it is moving in house. So as we continue to grow as a team, as we continue to own our own skill set and, um, put out the, the, you know, the quality of the mark that the fans and the, you know, the internal departments expect, I think that'll continue to, to, to happen. So it's a pretty exciting process. So are, are a lot of the designers there, do they, and our directors, I mean, do they come from more traditional like agency backgrounds or do you have like a variety of, of history? You know, it's, it's crazy. There's definitely a variety, a variety of locations. I mean, I work with designers from, you know, California from Long Island, from a few, a lot of them are from, you know, within the tri-state area. Um, uh -huh. but New York, as you know, is just, it's just a city where people are from everywhere. So it's cool. And the, the backgrounds vary as well. A lot do come from agencies. Um, others come from, you know, different, you know, smaller, smaller, you know, sports branding agencies. Some come from different, um, in-house professional teams, you know, wherever it may be. 
And, uh, but yeah, I think it's, I think you see that people who come in usually have worked on sports in the past, but that's definitely not something that deters the ADs or the creative directors from hiring, um, talent is, you know, they don't need somebody to have a sports background. They don't even need somebody to, to really love sports, you know, but it, it yeah. definitely helps obviously when your passion is aligned with, you know, the end goal, um, like your, <laughs> right. like your, like your passion and my passion with sports. It's, uh, like I said, it's a dream to be there. Yeah. See, that's actually interesting because, um, it, Todd and I were actually talking about how he, he, he knew some people that didn't even necessarily watch sports, but they did a lot of work in the sports field. And I, I personally find myself even, um, at times getting a little burnout where, you know, maybe you're working on something that's sports related. And then like when, whenever a sport is on at night, you're sort of like, yeah, I don't really feel like watching this. <laughs> I, I can completely relate, man. With the, with the NBA finals, the world cup and, uh, Stanley cup on right now, I'm like, I go into the office the next day and they're like, did you see that game? And I'm like, no, I, I went to bed. <laughs> I was, too, I was yeah. way too exhausted. Yeah. But no, I completely yeah. understand. <laughs> That's funny. Well, and, and, and you've got, uh, you got the, uh, you got the whole dad thing going too. So that obviously, yeah, <laughs> yeah you know how it is, <laughs> man. It's, it's, uh, the, the easy job is when we go to the office, when we get home, that's when right. we do our, our real work. <laughs> right. 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 So, yeah. Um, that's, uh, yeah. So what, what, um, teams have, uh, their own, a lot of them have their own in-house either designers or creative directors or in-house, uh, departments. What, you know, what's the reason for that? And then like, what, what's the distinction between the work that you guys are doing at the headquarters, as opposed to the work that say somebody that works in-house at like the Cincinnati Bengals is doing. I just think, um, because well, the, the whole process of, you know, the whole rebranding process within the national football league is so much about, obviously satisfying the client and making the franchise happy and, and making sure it's completely on brand and, and, you know, celebrates their tradition or their background or their location. Um, but it, the other part of it too, is, is the business side of things where, you know, we do have, um, the internal, you know, chief marketing officer needs to, you know, also have his perspective, you know, worked into the mark and also the, you know, the commissioner has to make certain decisions about, different logo marks and so forth. And, you know, what's, what's important for not only the, the brand of the national football league, but of, of his franchises. And it's always his first, um, responsibility to make sure that it's, it's true to, you know, both, both brands, you know, as a whole. Um, so I think the advantage that we have is that our department is, is much bigger than a lot of the in-house departments that you'll, you'll see at some of the, uh, the franchises. Um, a lot of, I've never worked in, you know, like I've never worked for the Packers. I've never worked for the giants. So I'm just, I'm just guessing on some of this, but I, I would think a lot of their responsibility is executing, you know, their, the game day experiences, um, executing their community outreach programs and, and all of the stuff that goes with it. So, um, my guess is that their workload is so big, you know, and, and it may outgrow their ability to actually work on the rebrand themselves, but we work with them, uh, very much. So, uh, side by side, we work with obviously with the owners of the teams, um, and their professionals that they have on staff. And, um, you know, we, that's, you know, that's kind of how the structure works. So I, I guess theirs is more specific to the locale and you guys are doing more of the corporate yeah. corporate NFL related PR and marketing work. Absolutely. 
So, so when you talk about the rebrand, like rebranding specifically, um, how, how does, uh, so you're saying that the commissioner obviously is, is sort of overseeing the stuff. Is there like, does he actually get the final decision or is it, is it something that, you know, the, the local organization is, is more in tune with what's happening in their market? I think it's a, it's an, it's an absolute collaboration. I think that the owners really, really do lean on the commissioner for, um, advice. Uh, and I do believe they come to, to the decision together. Obviously, I mean, I've never been part of a situation where they don't really agree on things, but I think that, um, that it's more of a collaboration than than one person really having the call. You know, if it's something where I would guess if the commissioner, you know, doesn't like something that's going on with the artwork, whether it's, you know, not true to the brand or if it's not in best interest of the overall league, I'm sure he'd put in his two cents. If the franchise field, you know, doesn't agree, I'm sure that they have that conversation, but I've never really been involved with that conversation. So I'm not sure about the specifics. Um, but I do know it's more of a collaboration than a, than an actual, you know, one person making the call. Yeah. So you, you talked about uh, earlier the rookie symposium, and I actually just happened to catch some of uh, ESPN was actually covering that a little bit recently. Sure. Um, what type of work goes on there? I mean, I think there's a lot of things that just the general uh, consumer facing public doesn't really understand as far as like the business side of sports and even specifically with these pro athletes. I mean, they don't actually just go and play the sport, right? Like they have to be educated on how to exist in this in this world. Yeah. You know, and quite honestly, my experience has completely changed my perspective, um, on seeing, you know, what players do have, have to experience and seeing, you know, what types of challenges they face. Um, before I, I worked, you know, for the league and before I was privy to see, you know, some of the challenges that these guys have, you know, I think I was like the majority of fans and I was thinking, okay, you know, how hard could it be to, to make some of the salaries that these guys are making. Right. And so that was my opinion. Um, now I, I do. And now that I have, you know, friends that have worked, have played in the league and so forth. Um, one of my friends who played for Detroit for about eight years tells me, you know, you're, you know, I, I, he understands the majority opinion of the fans and you know why it's so difficult to manage you know, their lifestyles. Oh, you know, poor athletes, right. That's kind of the, the, the way some of, you know, the most of fans think, would you agree with that or? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so his perspective is okay. If you were, you and I at 21 years old, if, if we were handed, you know, a paycheck of $400,000, which is very small compared to some of these checks, what, what would we have done at 21 years old? Right. Right. We were probably hanging out with our friends. We were probably doing whatever, but it's, you know, so it's, it's a lot of these challenges that you and I have never had to face. So we really don't know what type of decisions we would have made, you know, prior to, you know, being the responsible family men that we are. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, uh, and they're, it's, they're it's, under it's the radar, man. I mean, you know, it's like, yeah. it's just every single Definitely. move. And especially now, I mean, with Twitter and YouTube and, I mean, I saw a video the other day of like Johnny Man, like TMZ, you know, like TMZ is freaking covering like Johnny Manziel in like a pool or whatever. It's like yeah, it's uh, every single move that you make. And I can't even imagine at 19, 20 years old. Now, there's obviously one thing to be said for like committing actual crimes or whatever. Like if that happens yeah, to be oh, the case. Absolutely. Um, but, but, you know, just like little things like, oh, un underage drinking, like, you know, come on, man, seriously. <laughs> 
Right, right, right. Or, you know, whether it's excessive spending or whatever it may be, like yeah. it's, it's hard to put your yourself in that mentality because we all know, you know, the type of challenges we had at that age, you know, except we weren't being followed by ESPN or TMZ or we weren't on social media having to worry about, you know, who was watching us. So right. that's all. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Obviously. And you know, what's funny is, as I sort of have this opinion that, um, the people that really lay on the thick, um, criticism are probably people that made some super crazy mistakes. Like there's some like hiding, you know, I think that somebody that sort of, sort of went through life and didn't really, you know, get into much trouble or, or whatever. It's like, you don't really pay that much attention. It's like, ah, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. Agreed. Agreed. It's hard to be, uh, it's hard to be hard on somebody else when you're not living their life, you know? Right. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Well, but, and, but going back to the, I was going to say they, these guys are a brand. Like, like once you, once they go to the, to the league and now you're, you're starting to get endorsements and you know, like, like you have to really like that rookie symposium, like those guys have to learn like PR for themselves and how to market themselves. And obviously they have agents that handle some of this stuff, but you know, you really have to kind of think like, this is now my livelihood, like even outside of, of football. Um, you know, I have endorsements or, or things like that, that where I have to sort of keep brands happy. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think, um, I think from what I've seen, the rookie symposium, the, the whole goal of it is to educate these players, try to prepare them for an experience they never could imagine. Um, as far as the attention, as far as the, the platform they're on, as far as the, um, you know, the youth that they're, you know, really being looked up to from and just, just trying to let them know and, and give them the best preparation possible to, to make the best decisions possible. Um, really on and off the field, off the field is really the, the greater focus at the symposium. Um, but they do have a lot of, you know, speakers as you've seen, you know, when you follow when you watch it on ESPN, you know, whether it's, you know, the Michael Irvins of the world or the Michael Vicks or, or guys that have, have been through trials and tribulations and to really tell their story and tell why or why not, you know, they, they realize that they wish they could take, you know, go back in time and really relive these decisions that completely changed their world. So, yeah, I think, I mean, it's the, the leader of that symposium is Troy Vincent. He's obviously one of the most upstanding players that have ever played the game. And, um, he's a, he is a true leader to these guys. Let's talk about the NFL draft, like on draft day. What is, what does a typical draft day look like for your, your creative staff? Draft draft day is, is probably oh, the yeah, draft yeah, yeah, days. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Draft day is actually the, probably the easiest part of the whole thing because that's when everything's done. Um, but the whole draft experience, um, I was part of the, the draft, um, graphics team for two years this year. Um, it was, it was on another team for this year, but, the whole experience is pretty incredible. I mean, you're, you're designing everything from the banner on the front of radio city to the green room where the players sit to the, uh, the bags that all the fans get when they walk in to the, um, posters all over the city to the, the street pole banners all over Manhattan. So it's really, it's a, it's a really cool experience. And you know what, the first time I did it, you know, you're sitting at your computer and you're doing it and like, you're so ingrained in just getting it done and doing quality work that you really don't think about the, the larger scale of it. Um, and then all of a sudden 
one day you start seeing street pole banners as you're walking to work or you see your billboard in Times Square and you're just like, wow, this is incredible. You know, I have a, such a unique opportunity that I never could have imagined when I was growing up. You know, like I said, I never realized that this could, this could be a career. And then all of a sudden you're seeing your work all over the city. And I think, um, no, you know, some of my friends that are also designers at the league are feel the same way. Sometimes like they're kind of blown away by like, wow, we're, you know, our work is in Times Square. Our work is, you know, on the, on the top of, you know, 1000 taxi cabs in Manhattan. And it's like, it just kind of blows you away. And it, hopefully we do take a minute to really just let it soak in and really appreciate it because it's a, it's an incredible opportunity. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be amazing, man. I mean, I, I, I touch on my past a lot on this show, but when I was, when I graduated college, I worked for a sports marketing firm and, and got to design, you know, I was designing SEC championship things and, uh, NCAA final four work and all these things. And I remember I was just like 22, I believe. And you just took yeah. it for granted. It was just like, yeah, you know, whatever, big deal. And now I look back and I'm like, dude, yeah. I don't think I really <laughs> appreciated yeah. the, the scale of the work that I was getting to work on. It's crazy, right? It's, yeah. it's awesome. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely a reason that, you know, we all get the opportunities we do. So, um, my personal experience with the designers that we work with, you know, in-house are, they're just incredible people and they don't, they don't take anything for granted. So I, I really enjoy being around that type of person, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But I know you can definitely relate. (laughs) Are you, are you guys also designing like, um, say, you know, like, I don't know when we're watching the draft, if they show some kind of background element of like the player with, you know, I don't know, like interactive graphics or something. Are you, are you doing that type of stuff too? Or is that something that's more like maybe the networks are doing? You know, we don't do the actual interactive execution, um, but we are the ones providing the elements, you know, for them to, to build those. Um, you know, so for example, if we have a, this year there was a vector element that was, 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 uh, kind of the hero of, of all the, the draft stuff this year. It was a vector of a clock, you know, behind this purple and this red um, glow, you know, just kind of obviously the a reflection of the environment of Radio City on draft day. And that was used, you know, on the network in different places. And they, and really it's, it's, it's just the process of us executing a style guide and, um, giving these different entities opportunities to use the artwork that we've created and letting them interpret it the way they do. And obviously it's a, it's a collaboration of, of, um, the direction of the work, but the actual interactive stuff is not done um, by us. So that was actually going to be my next question is, is do you like, as far as like a style guide is concerned, are you giving them something that is in depth that shows them exactly how these things should be used or rather than just handing off a, here's a vector file. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. The, that's another thing. The process of getting creative approved, um, in house is, is incredible. You know, it sees everybody up the, the totem pole. It sees legal um, there's probably four or five, six different groups that actually see the creative and approve the creative before, uh, the public ever sees it. And then the most important document, as you know, is since the Bible to the brand is the style guide that we do execute. And it is very specific. Um, you know, so we are making sure that our, 
the people that are using that are, are using it in the, the best light as much as possible. We try to oversee, um, any external creative that's used, um, obviously, but you know, that's, it's hard sometimes too. So, but the style guide is very important and it's, it's, it's uh, pretty specific. So yeah, it's, it's something that we do for every one of our, our rebrands or every one of our, um, products. Now, obviously there's, so, there's a ton of work that, would have to happen for the NFL and, and enough that you guys probably can't do it yourselves. When something does happen to get outsourced is, is the creative department overseeing it is a creative director overseeing it. Who makes a decision on, we need to actually send this out. We always, uh, Shannon, the creative director is definitely always involved in that process. Um, the art directors are more than empowered to, um, give recommendations. But usually, usually they're, they're agencies that, um, we have worked with in the past, you know, who have proven that they're, you know, can stay consistent with our brand. And, uh, we've had success within the past, but our directors are definitely empowered to, to bring in and advise based on their experience as well. So the, it's always a collaboration. Creative directors always involved. Our directors always involved with these agencies and, and they're, they're very much so the art directors of the project, even if they are outsourcing. So is it the, are the art directors sort of staying in, in tune with what current maybe design trends are or, or frequenting places like dribble behance where they can kind of find people and they're like, Oh, I, I really dig this person's style. I think they'd be good for this type of project. Yeah. You know what? I don't know exactly uh, how those relationships have come to fruition. I, I know, um, that they do exist, but I would guess, yes, it's, it's, it's definitely been, I would say more so people they've worked with in the past agencies they've worked with at different jobs possibly. Um, but yeah, as far as, as far as the whole freelance experience, I mean, there, there's a few different agencies, creative agencies in the city, whether it's creative circle, whether it's Solomon page, whether it's artisan that they're going to for talent, you know, individual talent, but overall agencies, I think it's, it's more relationship based than it is, you know, just, you know, farming for work, but I'm sure both, both, um, situations do exist. I just don't have an example of it. Right. So the, the NFL has like an actual advertising agency of record, right? Yes, we do. We utilize gray advertising for all of our broadcasts. So the commercials you see, um, with, you know, with Leanne Sandcastle and Jerry Rice cake and those, and those, uh, those are awesome. um, Those characters. Yeah, man. Super impressive. And the cool thing going back to draft is, uh, last year we had Leanne Sandcastle walk the red carpet, um, with the players. (laughs) So it's stuff like that. That's, that's pretty cool that, you know, that you actually see come to life and, and, um, it's all executed, you know, with, in partnership with gray advertising and, you know, the CMO and the creative directors in house too. So it's pretty cool when they, when they work together on those projects. So a minute ago, you actually, uh, mentioned the word, uh, uh, relationships and you and I, before we started recording, t- touched on networking and relationships and the importance of it. Um, you know, let's say that I am, uh, uh, a freelancer trying to get in with, maybe not even the the NFL, but just a brand as a sports brand, as big as the NFL, how important are our relationships in that process? As opposed to just sending somebody your work and saying here, right here, look at this work, pick me. Yeah. Um, as you and I both know, relationships are the key to being able to take it to the next level. I think anybody could, obviously there's, there's people who are very talented in their own right. And they're, 
you know, they're could be the most talented designer in the world, but if they don't have the ability to, to, to connect with people, it's going to be really difficult to get in places where, you know, you know, relationships are important. Um, I think that networking is almost as important, if not more important than having this, you know, the actual skill set and the, the experience, obviously it's a very competitive world and the designers are super talented that I work with. The art directors are extremely talented, but I think one thing that most of them have the ability to do is to connect with people, to work as a team, to collaborate, to pick each other up. If, you know, if you're, you know how it is when you're, you know, working on things, there's days where we're the most creative person in the world and we're executing like crazy. And then there's days where we can't even, you know, get anything on paper because we're, you know, we're in our head too much. So right. the ability to uh, look out for each other, um, and to really connect with others and, and work as a team goes back to relationship building, goes back to the ability to network and, and really, um, does show the importance of, of connecting with people. I mean, you and I, like, like you said, we connected on Twitter, you know, we've been following each other back and forth, you know, seeing each other's work and, you know, I've been inspired by some of your stuff. You've seen, you know, some of the stuff that we've done and, you know, and this is all just coming together because we decided to, to tweet to one another, you know? So it, it's an example of, of, uh, the importance of, of building relationships and, um, increasing your Rolodex because you never know when I never know when I'm going to have a project where I'm going to say, Oh man, I think Adam Martin is, is perfect for this. You know, why don't we give him a call and see if he's available? You never know until you make that connection. <laughs> until you, make that. That. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's so important, yeah. you know, and, and obviously we want to, we want to go to people that we can trust first before we decide to bring in a complete stranger. That's, yeah. I, I think that's a natural, um, reaction for most people. Um, especially when you're working on something, you know, as important as some of the brands that we've both worked on in the past, you know, how important it is to execute quickly with quality, um, you know, while staying true to the brand and, and, and creating solid work. Yeah, I, I agree. I think designers, um, maybe not, not the majority, but, but there are a lot of designers that, tend to have this idea that, you know, if I keep making really good work, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make it, somebody's going to discover it. But you know, there's a, there's a sense of marketing that has to go along with this stuff. If you look at the people that are, that are, you know, maybe not even in the sports world, but that are designers and are popular on Twitter or dribble or places like that, they usually tend to have something else that they do. Like uh, they, they write, they write a blog. Um, they write on medium, different, different areas, or, you know, like in the, in the dribble world, at least in my opinion, it appears that a lot of people are just looking at the popular page and, and trying to create exactly what's the most trendy thing. Cause they know that that's like the thing that's going to get liked or whatever. Right. I sort of have some weird feelings about that. I mean, I, I really like dribble and I definitely go to it for inspiration, but at the same time, it's like, real work always has a, has a client involved mm -hmm. and you can't just do whatever you want. Like we were talking about earlier, there's always a problem that needs to be solved right. and you kind of have to stay within those parameters and there needs to be like a strategic outlook to it. So I always Absolutely. just find that, that interesting, but Absolutely. Well, uh, is there, uh, is there, is there anything else as far as like advice or anything that you can maybe give to somebody that's wanting to work in, in athletics as a, as a creative, maybe not even specifically for something like the NFL, but I know that you did sports work even in the past, you know, whether it's starting small, moving your way up or, or anything like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, 
you know, I got to say one of my hobbies or my passions is, is also to help designers. Um, I do, I'm actually working with, um, a couple aspiring designers right now and they, they have had the same questions for me. And my first answer to them is even if you're not doing sports work and it is something you're passionate about, you should be making up your own projects. You should be, you know, sitting home saying, okay, if Nike was my client tomorrow and they decided to rebrand, you know, the university of Illinois, you know, what would I do? What research would I put into it? Um, what approach would I take? Um, who would my target audience be? And, and really to understand the scope of that and to execute it from start to finish, you know, whether it's a real project or not, um, art directors are definitely looking at your ability, um, your process, um, your, your really definitely your thought process, you know, are they just designing things to design them or have they, you know, designed a mark that actually is true to the tradition of, you know, the fighting line in Illinois or the Wisconsin Badgers in Madison, Wisconsin, does it mean something to the community? Does it mean, is it identifiable to the rest of the world? Does it, is it consistent with the, the brand that they've had in the past? Um, so I would say definitely make up your own projects, even if they don't exist, do real work and just keep at it. I mean, I have personally, my ability has increased so much by doing this every day and by, by not being afraid to show my work, uh, to very talented people. And that's the only way that we can get better is to put yourself out there. Don't fear, you know, getting in front of people. Don't fear talking to people. You have to put yourself out there because the worst thing that can happen is they can give you constructive criticism to get better, to get better at what you do. Um, and that would be the advice. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there and don't be afraid to take on work. Even if it's just a personal project that, that is in the space that you want to be in. Definitely. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. Where can our listeners find out more about you? See your portfolio, things like that. Um, I'm actually updating my portfolio as we speak. Um, my URL is stevevolmerjr.com and I will be launching a Behance site shortly. So I will update that on that site as well. Awesome. So this week in sports creative news, uh, I'm actually going to be killing off this segment uh, of the show, I believe. Um, I'm going to actually start posting more news on the website. So if you want to see things like that, uh, go there, interact with it there. Um, I, I just want to, uh, I want to have conversations about this stuff. You know, I mean, uh, we, when we, on the podcast, it's usually me and another person and, um, uh, you know, the listeners and, and followers, uh, don't really get a chance to interact and get their, their opinions heard. So I'd like to, uh, to interact with, with some of you all a little more, but anyway, one more, I, I will do one more. Uh, the last one, uh, the super bowl actually came out with their 50th, uh, 50th logo, which, uh, I believe was designed by one of your friends, right, Steve? It was, it was Derek Hamilton. Awesome. Awesome designer and uh, even better person. So I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, to put him out there for sure. Very cool. So there's actually a link on the website, makersofsport.com, where you can actually see a little bit more about that. And, uh, and also I believe I provided a link to Derek's portfolio. Uh, but anyway, the, the logo actually has the, the, um, the 50, uh, numerical 50, as opposed to Roman numerals, which is something unique. Um, 
at least in in recent history uh so um yeah so anyway we'll kill off that segment and uh and just uh have a look at the website to to see that stuff uh our next guest is going to be jose lopez jose is the creative director of the houston rockets he's been working there since 2010 uh you can see some of his work at crop.com slash jose lopez that's k-r-o-p.com jose lopez Big thanks again to Steve. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, as he mentioned, at Steve Vollmer Jr. Uh, you could be sure to also follow myself at T Adam Martin. I post a lot of design news. It's maybe not just specific to sports. Uh, I'm interested in startups and um, branding, strategy, things like that. Uh, also follow the show. That's where the sports-specific uh, tweets are going to be. So that's at Makers of Sport. Any questions for myself? Uh, or if you have guest recommendations, go to makersofsport.com and, and uh, send those there. Uh, tonight, um, the U.S. will play in their first World Cup match. And actually, that's not f- physically tonight because Steven and I are Steve and I are recording this show on Saturday. But uh, Monday, when this goes live, the U.S. will be playing in the World Cup. So watch the World Cup, you guys. This is, uh, it's, it's truly a, a beautiful sport. And if you've never been a big soccer fan, um, it's, you know, watch, watch other sports than your traditional sports. I think that helps being a, a creative, uh, doing work in the sports industry. You want to be able to understand the beauty and the athleticism, and also just the design and, and creativity that go that's involved in some of these other sports. Because you never know, you may actually be doing work in other sports. For example, right now I'm I'm working uh, on a lacrosse brand. I've never played lacrosse, uh, but I'm having a lot fun doing a lot of fun doing it, and I am uh, starting to understand a, a lot more about the sport and and actually really like the sport. So, um, yeah, World Cup, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN on Monday. Thanks again to everyone that's been uh, listening to the show. Again, please go rate it. Until next time, I'm Adam Martin signing off. Thank you. Thank you.